0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, June 11th, 2023. Fueled, God is for us. Good morning, Connection Church. Isn't this just a glorious day? Oh my, yeah. Here at home, here in the sanctuary there at home, we're so glad you're with us this morning. It's the second week of our series. The series is called Fueled. This morning we'll be looking at the 8th chapter of the book of Romans and how God is for us.
1: Well, good morning again, Connection Community Church. My name is Carrie Jones. And
0: I'm still Alan Jones. There you go.
1: And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's an honor to be here with you today. We've been doing some family stuff with baptisms and that's so very special. That's cool. We also want to do some other family stuff. Eddie, stand up. Stand up. Okay, you see that thing around his neck?
0: Show us the thing around your neck. Hold that out. There we go. There you go. There you go.
1: Eddie is part of Special Olympics and he won bocce ball. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Awesome, Eddie. Also, um, I don't know if Sheldon and Andrea are watching. Sheldon Smith. How many know Sheldon Smith and Andrea Smith? Yeah, most of us. Andrea's on staff and Sheldon, they've been a part of the church forever. Sheldon had a cardiac cath on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Thursday. And after the catheterization, they said, you can't go home. He had emergency triple bypass on Friday
0: quick turnaround yeah
1: and he's progressing well and we give God all the glory for that Sheldon and Andrea we love you we're going to be praying for you and um we're so thankful that God gave an opening so that you could have that done and we love you guys please keep Sheldon and Andrea and everybody in our church Uh, who is suffering in any way we need to keep one another in prayer amen amen Amen. let's go to god in prayer right now almighty god we thank you so much for today it's a great day it's a day where we can come to you as the family of god and uh, settle us in wherever we are that we might give you our our attention and hear your word found in scripture thank you for this body called connection community church We are family. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so today we are taking a look at chapter 8 in Romans. The book of Romans is in the New Testament, the second half of the Bible. It was written by the Apostle Paul, who we spoke about last week. You know, Paul was a Jesus hater, a Christian hater. He was out to kill and destroy people who followed the way, which was Jesus, and then one day as he's walking along, he is struck down, blinded, and Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Changed his name to Paul, and he became a follower of Christ and wrote a lot of of what we have in the scripture. This book of Romans, it's a letter to the church at Rome, And it is written, um, its overall focus is that we are all saved when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that we are saved because of what Jesus did for us and his righteousness. So we're zeroing in on chapter 8, and chapter 8 focuses on life in the Spirit, capital S. It focuses on God's control over us, as opposed to sin's control. When we're in Christ, it's Christ that is triumphant, even over sin. It focuses on life in Christ versus life in the flesh. It focuses on the new you after you say yes to Jesus and that relationship. And so Paul shares all this. Now, Paul didn't write chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. He wrote it in the form of a letter. But if, you know, for our reading, it makes it easier. So if we back up just a little bit into chapter 7, Paul looks at and addresses how we struggle with sin. And he says something that um, is really interesting, and it's my story too. He talks about how we do... How we want to do what is right, but we don't do it. And how we don't want to do what is not right, and that's what we do. (laughs) Because of the sin that lives in each one of us. Paul ends chapter 7 with this. Thank God. The answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin.
0: Keep that up. Let's read the, the, the first uh, with ten words or whatever. Say it with me. Thank, Thank God. God. The answer, answer is in, in Jesus, Jesus Christ, Christ our, our Lord. Lord. Amen. We're done. Oh, I'm sorry. We have a little bit more to go. A little bit more to go. But you see what Paul says there? He said in this thing, we are uh, aren't just subjected to sin. We are not just sinful by nature. We are sinful by nature, but that's not the end of the sentence. We are slaves to sin. You hear that? Slaves to sin. We can't control it. It controls us. Sin has power over us. As he said earlier in this chapter, as Paul said earlier, there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. At war. Constant battle. And <clears throat> it makes me a slave to the sin that is within me. It seems like a hopeless situation. And it does, doesn't it? It seems hopeless. And it would be If it weren't for what? If it weren't for Jesus Christ. If it weren't for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ our Lord is the answer. Pure and simple.
1: Well, and then Paul shares this. Now we're in Romans 8. This is verses 1 through 4, New Living Translation. So now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him... by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit.
0: Isn't that just absolutely freeing? No condemnation. Jesus said that. He said that to the woman not calling the donor. I'm not here to condemn you, he said to her. Isn't that wild? We're not—he's not here to condemn. No disapproval, no judgment, no blame for those who belong to Christ. In Christ, no condemnation for those who have invited Him in. And what does that mean? Invited Him in—who have stopped saying no and start saying yes to that relationship to Jesus Christ. For those who, as we said last week, believe that Jesus is the Christ. Well, what's the Christ mean? Well, it's the Greek word for the Messiah. Well, what's that mean? Well, that's the Hebrew word for the anointed one. The one who gets anointed. He's king. He's in charge. And in charge, he got to be the sacrificial lamb. Sacrifice his life for you and for me. No condemnation. Because we belong to him. The life-giving Holy Spirit has freed us from the power of sin that leads to death. And I'm not saying death in terms of the sensation of all bodily functions. That's not the death we're talking about. We're not talking your last breath. We're talking death where you've still got something going on, but the death is that you're eternally separated from God. Think about that for a second eternally separated from God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. No more connection. No more, you know, I, I just can't even... And the thing is, we all deserve that. Because we have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. We all deserve that death that we talk about. But God loves us too much for that. God loves us too much To allow that to happen. And so he sacrifices one only son. (laughs) So that we might have eternal life in him. He declared an end to sin's control of us. By sacrificing his son. An end to this slavery to sin. God did this so that we no longer follow our sinful nature. Which we all have. But instead we follow the spirit. God's spirit. God's holy Spirit. As Paul tells us in verses 12 through 14, we are under no obligation to do what our sinful nature urges us to do. We don't have to do that. If we live by the dictates of that, we will die. But if we believe and live in Christ, we live.
1: Follow the Spirit, God's holy spirit through the spirit we put to death our sinful nature and we live those who are led by the spirit of God are children of God you're a child of God Paul tells us this so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves instead you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children Now we call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs, the great inheritance. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Mm.
0: Adopted in the family of God, I I have a couple cousins. My aunt and uncle adopted these two boys, and you know, uh, when you're adopted, you're you're brought into the family, right? You're you're made sons and daughters of the family, just just as if you were born in. And so we're adopted into God's family as His children, and you know, uh, my cousins and. You 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 get everything. You get the rights and privileges, <laughs> and the responsibilities, and even the sufferings. And that's what we get when we're adopted into God's family: the rights and responsibilities, uh, are the rights. Uh, yeah, the rights and privileges, the responsibilities, and even the sufferings. Huh? And here's the interesting thing: How many of you, when you were a kid, would refer to your father as father? Yes, Father, I will do any, not a real popular name for dad. How many call him dad? Maybe you still do. How about daddy?
1: When I was young, yeah. I
0: called mine daddy when I was little, and then dad, yeah. That's a much more endearing, isn't it, than father? (laughs) More, kind of a more intimate. That's what, uh, that's what uh, Paul refers to God as Abba, Father, means Daddy. Daddy. Isn't that awesome? Oh. Yeah, you sometimes think of God as far off in the Daddy is right there. Daddy. And, and God's children, and we're His heirs. As His heirs, that means we get an inheritance, right? Gosh, how much could we get? Man, oh man, I mean, God's got everything in the world. Could it be five, ten million? (laughs) No, it's not a cash inheritance. Here's what it is. We inherit eternity. Eternity. Can it get any better than that? No. And then we're going to skip down a few verses. Can we take a kind of a different turn here? And Paul writes this in 26 and 28. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Anybody here sometimes feel weak? Sometimes you think, you know, Lord, I could use some help here. <laughs> yeah, helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. Anybody ever been there? Hello. <clears throat> <clears throat> but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. You ever just you couldn't find the words for what you wanted to say. And the Holy Spirit takes care of that because in groanings, in these deep, spiritually deep groanings, he, he, he speaks for us and prays for us at such a deep level that, that human language can't even deal with it. And the Father, who knows all hearts, knows what the Spirit is saying. Well, that's pretty incredible. These deep groanings, God understands. For the Spirit pleads for us, believers, in harmony with God's own will. Doesn't get any better than that. And and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. And are called according to His purpose. For them. Wow.
1: Wow. When we don't know what God wants us to pray, the Holy Spirit prays for us. In this groaning, this level that is so deep, Alan talked about this. Are there situations in your life where you felt like that? I know for me, Today I have it together. Yesterday or tomorrow I might not. And I've lived through some very deep and painful things. And things where I haven't, I was a believer, but I didn't have words to approach the throne of God with. I was so broken and so devastated, uh, undone, speechless. Speechless. And all I could do is say, Holy Spirit, can you just take it for me? Can you just go to God on my behalf? I didn't know about this stuff when I was earlier in my Christian walk. But now you know. Now you know this is what you can do. Holy Spirit, when I don't have the words. Many of you in this room, when you've shared your pain and your hurt and your challenges, I haven't known what to say or what to pray. And you've witnessed that. Just speechless. But isn't it great that we can go to God and say, okay, I don't have it, but I know, Holy Spirit, you are praying for this situation. You are praying on our behalf. I don't know how it works. If if you're if you try to make this logical, don't go there because it, it, it. This is God. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. It's amazing. When we go to verse 27, Paul goes on to tell us this, and the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. Where the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's will the spirit is not going to pray for us in things that are not God's will I pray for myself and for you it I think it's God's will but God is ultimate and God knows and so we just have to trust that God knows God knows what we need God knows what makes us tick because God created us And sometimes we're at a loss for words, but no. Approach the throne of God, pray to the Holy Spirit, and ask for the Holy Spirit to intercede.
0: And then Paul goes on in verses 31 through 34 with some rather insightful questions. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? And, you know, that's an interesting question, because at if means, we often say, well, if, but does that mean if not? You know, you have that, you want that to be sure because God is sure and God certainly is for Think of it as, since God is for us, who can be against us? Hello. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Amen. Yeah. Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? You've been, chosen, you've been chosen. You've been chosen. You've been chosen. You've been chosen for his own. No one for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then Who then will condemn us? No one for Christ Jesus has... Gee, Christ, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand. Ha! Pleading for us. Pleading for you. Pleading for me. That's some kind of duo, isn't it? Jesus, the Holy Spirit, speaking on our behalf. It doesn't get any better now, does it?
1: Uh-uh. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Well, one of like...
0: Number 497, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: If God is for us, who can be against us? God is for you. God is on your side. God is your champion. God wants you to succeed, not in the worldly stuff. I mean, he does too, but in God's perfect will. God loves you so much, and is working on your behalf for your good. And he loves you so much that he was willing to sacrifice his one and only son to die so that we might live. This question, you know, if God is for us, who can be against us? It is kind of rhetorical. Another way of saying it might be this. There is no one who could possibly be no pow- more powerful than God. Nothing is more powerful than God. Absolutely nothing. It also means that no one can destroy us. Yeah, I could be slain, I could be killed, but actually that's not destroying me because I live on with God forever and so do you when you're a believer. We can't be destroyed. We can be hurt, we can be devastated, but in Christ we get our hope so nothing can destroy it God is on our side and we can submit everything to him
0: So I was thinking about this um, <clears throat> scripture this week what we were going to talk about this morning and um, this whole idea God is for us was just you know just kind of focused on that and I I think what does that mean God is for us and I, and I was just thinking about, as children of God, I was thinking about our own children. If you're new here, we have four children, um, Aaron and Megan and Devin and Turner. And Aaron and uh, Devin live a, about a mile from us. And then Turner and his family lives in Elkton, but, and our daughter Megan is on the outskirts of Houston, southeast of Houston. And then, and then um, each of them has a spouse. And, you know, we love our four kids and their spouses more than they can even start to imagine. I mean they probably think they did, but they have no idea how how deep that love for our kids runs. And 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 then not just them, but then they had kids themselves. We have nine grandkids. So so that's eight and nine, that's seventeen that, that we are hopelessly in love with. What we we, we love them more and, and, and they probably sometimes think we love the grandkids more than we love them. And that's not true. We spoil the grandkids a whole lot more, but we don't love them anymore. We just take care of them more, yeah. And we can't imagine loving anything or anyone more than we love these 19 people in our lives. And yet here's the thing to to calculate this with. God loves us so much more. Then we can even start to love our families. Isn't that wild? How could he possibly do that? I mean, we love them with everything we have, but he loves us that much more. I mean, God did sacrifice his one and only son. And I love you guys, but I'm not giving up my son for you. I, I'm sorry. That isn't going to happen. But he did. I, 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 His son died, went to hell for three days, uh, forsaken by the Father for three days, so that you and I can, he could take our sins with him and we can be forgiven of that sin. Isn't that just incredible? Uh, That's how much God loves us. And the thing is, it's not because we deserve it. We ain't that good. (laughs) And not because we earned it. Again, we're not that good. Simply because God is love and he loves us and wants to share everything, his kingdom, his glory with us. He wants to be with us. Can you believe that? God wants to be with you and me. Can you believe it? And not just now, but forever, for eternity. You'd think he'd get sick of us, wouldn't you? (laughs) But, But he wants us and paid a price. His son paid the price so that we could be there for eternity. It's hard to imagine that the creator of all this thinks that much about little old me or little old you. But he loves us because that's what he does. That's what he does.
1: If you've ever been to our house, you'll notice that there's a lot of family pictures all around, and I'm sure that's true for in many of your homes. There's Pictures of people that you love, p- pictures that of people that you care about, and there's pictures on my refrigerator. Who puts pictures on the refrigerator? With those
0: magnets? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. All right, I'll so this is down. on a t-shirt, and it's it might be kind of cliche, but it's the truth. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. That'd it's be true. a big
0: refrigerator.
1: How big How big would it be, Alan?
0: Well, we would just say that's a big, honkin' refrigerator. That's for sure. Man.
1: God loves you so much. God is love. There's nothing you can do about it. That's just how it is.
0: Yeah. Let's see here. Where I thought. Look at Romans 8, 35 through 37. Here's what Paul shares with us. He says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? It's a good question, isn't it? It's a very good question. Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Does that mean we've separated from Christ's love? And the answer is no. No. As the Scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. Who loved us amen amen
1: so Eugene Peterson paraphrases that same scripture this way in the message it really it meant something to me when I read it do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us there's no way not trouble not hard times not hatred not hunger not homelessness not bullying threats not backstabbing not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. They will kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off, pick us off one by one. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us.
0: Mm. So hear this this morning. Listen carefully because this is crucially important. There is nothing that can separate us from can separate you from jesus nothing nothing you've done nothing that's been done to you nothing when we give our heart to christ we experience overwhelming victory because we are his say i am his say it like you mean it there you go there you go yes yes so we don't need to live in worry. Any worriers in the house? We don't need to live in worry. Anybody anxious? We don't have to be anxious. We don't have to be consumed with anxiety. Wherever, Whatever you go through, God is always, always with us. God is with us because Jesus loves you.
1: You know, those things we go through that are so tough, actually, in my life, that what... That's what's drawn me closer. God can use those times. And I'm more, a little more teachable when I need them more. How about you? We learn that God and God alone is in charge of all we see and all we don't see because God is sovereign.
0: Romans 8, 38 to 39. And I am convinced, Paul says, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen.
1: This is one of the most comforting scriptures in the Bible. When you are at a point where you don't even know if you can take another breath, remember this. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ, love of God in Christ Jesus, we got to believe we've got to accept Christ as our savior and that is the promise that we are never forsaken nothing can separate us Paul Paul gives this laundry list of things uh life death angels demons the present the future powers height depth and anything else in all creation it's like I can't even name anything so I'm just going to say in anything else nothing there's no barrier it's removed in Christ. You are a child of God. You are heirs to the kingdom of God here on earth and in heaven. And when we stop saying no, we just say, okay, yes, God, forgive me. I'm a sinner. Thank you for saving me. You get the whole boat. And it's good. It's good. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. In Christ Jesus. That's the good news of the gospel. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, um, thank you for this scripture in Romans. There's a lot here. There's so much here. Thank you for the promises of life in the spirit. Thank you for the promise of your love that isn't conditional. Thank you, God, that you've adopted us into your family. We are heirs here on earth and in heaven to all good things. It doesn't mean we're not going to have struggles in this world. Oh, yes, we will, and we do. But the ultimate gift, Lord, is that you are with us through it. Thank you. Thank you for loving us so much that you sent your one and only son to live and die and defeat death itself so that we can have life here on earth and in heaven. We thank you today, Lord. And it's hard to even find the words to express that. I pray this. asking in your Holy Spirit to go on our behalf when we just don't have words even words of gratitude. Amen. Thank
0: you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church. Connecting people to Jesus and the new life
1: he offers.